The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with the longtime sports media reporter for the Boston Globe and a friend of mine, Chad Finn. And Chad, given the fact that Boston is such a prominent local sports radio market, the question is, what makes a good sports talk radio host? Wow, that is a uh, that's kind of a broad question because I think it you know it depends on what you're looking for. Um, seems to me antagonism seems to really work well nowadays, <laughs> yeah. and that has never been something that I've I've wanted to uh, listen to for enjoyment myself. I, I, my, my mindset as a sports fan and as a media columnist is. Uh, if I'm listening to something that makes me want to punch the radio, then uh, it's a good time to put on a podcast. <laughs> it's just I, I, I don't I, I don't understand why so much of this stuff is successful, but it is, especially here in the Boston market. The most most successful shows are the ones that uh, rile up their listeners. Uh, I think a big reason for that too is uh, it's harder to do it well uh the right way it's it's really easy to 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 say something controversial and anger your callers and get those phones lit up than it is to have sort of a nuanced thoughtful take that's entertaining and funny and uh also gets those phones lit up it's just it requires more thought and more work to do it that way so i think a lot of people take the easy way out there's a lot of money in in local sports radio if you're in drive time and uh that money tends to go to the people who uh who who Tick off their audience the most. It's kind of a uh, kind of a bummer of a situation, but seems to be the culture we're in right now. So controversial and lazy go hand in hand. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I, I I think sometimes the the ones that do it really well uh, also throw you a curveball once in a while. Okay. Where um, where you'll have one that uh, something bad happens in the Celtics game, and you think to yourself, "Well, these guys are going to be ripping him for that." And then they come on the next day, and you're you're sitting there anticipating that they're going to light this guy up. And instead, they say, "You know what? Mistakes happen. No big deal," and move on to something else. Every once in a while, uh, the better shows will do that and 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 leave you guessing at, uh, at at why they you know why they didn't go after this person at this particular time or why they let that sort of thing slide. I think. The best shows, no matter what their approach is and what their intent is, are the ones that have a little bit of built-in humor where you can tell this camaraderie between the hosts that's real, that's not contrived, where uh, they can they can entertain you and make you laugh without uh, without it being the result of them being uh, kind of cruel or mean or, or, or cutting to somebody else or insulting to somebody else, but... Uh, for the if you want to look at the antagonistic and lazy approach and and those those two things overlapping uh I think that's the ones where you find they're just generally mean more than anything else uh, that that uh, uh they're just trying to be mean and and uh, make you know make people feel lousy about themselves and that that that's not entertainment to me no, no. can you be antagonistic controversial and thoughtful humorous at the same time or is that impossible these days because no matter what you say the controversial headline is going to be the one that is plucked out and that's what everyone will see right that's the one that ends up on deadspin or goes Mm -hmm. viral or draws traffic to the radio station's website which they all seem to have now um yeah i think you can be i mean that's where the talent is required though uh you I, I don't know how 
how authentic it is sometimes when they when they do the negativity thing and i think it is important to mix that curveball in once in a while where uh, they're expecting negativity and you're not it happens here sometimes when the patriots lose uh, lose a game <laughs> they don't often lose games but uh, every you know, every season they'll get beat by the Jets once or, or the Dolphins once or Buffalo or some team they're not expected to lose. They lost to Carolina earlier this year, and that, that threw people off. And uh, the mindset of Patriots fans, I think, when that happens is let's rip them. You know, they, they're supposed to go 16-0. and Let's light them up. And that culture is uh, sort of – it. it, it it comes from the media that surrounds them. It comes from sports radio, and the, the, I think the listeners get into the same mindset as the host sometimes. So I think it's a good thing when the hosts will look at the Patriots losing to the Jets in you know week seven, week thirteen some year or whatever it happens to be, and say, uh, you know what, everybody is a bad game. Let, let's uh, blow this one off, and they move on to something else, or they find something else in the game to talk to. Uh, I, I like those kind of shows. I like those kind of shows that do mix it up like that and uh, leave a little bit of room for laughter. But I think to do that over four hours of the course of the day, you have to be a naturally funny person. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure a lot of these self-serious uh, radio hosts are that naturally funny. <laughs> Is there any indication that the trend of antagonism is going to go away? Nope. <laughs> Not here, anyway. I mean, the the, the two highest-rated shows we have here are uh, on uh, WEI in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. Kirk, Kirk Manhattan, Jerry Callahan, very conservative show. Uh, uh, it's almost four hours of attacking their enemies list sometimes, and the Boston Globe is usually pretty high on that list. So <laughs> we hear about it. Uh, my name gets mentioned from time to time. It's what they do, and it's successful. I mean, they've had a great, uh, great run through the last few books here so you can't really argue with what they're doing because it's working for them and it's making the company money the other show uh that does it sort of similarly but uh, much more engagingly i think is the afternoon drive show on our other sports radio station in town uh, the sports hub which is michael felger and tony Maserati, um where they'll they'll they'll, uh, they'll get their barbs in and and uh, they're probably more negative than positive but uh, there's a little bit more Gets a little bit more of a general upbeat vibe on that show, that they're in on the joke rather than uh, making somebody else the butt of the joke. Given the fact that, as I mentioned at the top, that Boston is such a prolific sports radio market, and and you mentioned podcasts, have podcasts eaten into any of the ratings in Boston sports radio? Uh, No. You know, it's probably eaten into the ratings of other Boston sports radio programming, but not uh, Boston radio programming, but not necessarily sports. This is a crazy market. It's unprecedented in the country as far as i know and i've done a little bit of homework on it not just uh current trends but past trends and the, the two sports radio stations here in the drive afternoon morning afternoon drive morning drive uh generally get 25 to 27 percent of the, the listenership at a given time combined in the 2554 demo which is where their money is their ad dollars are and that's insane uh most most even big cities, you know, New York being a bit of an exception because they have two successful stations there. But otherwise, uh, most big cities don't have one station that can get the numbers that the two are getting here. And it's driven by success, I think, in a lot of ways. People, uh, people here, uh, a lot of media members don't like to admit it here, but they've uh, the New England Patriots have made a lot of people rich here, or <laughs> are well, more well off than they would be if they were an 8-8 eight eight team every year, just because of the opportunities that they provide, because people nationally want content on that team. Uh, it's opened a lot of doors, and that's uh, never more so than the case that it has it's been with, with sports radio, where if you 
you put any Patriots topic on during this Brady Belichick run that's moving on two decades now, um, it, uh, it's going to generate listeners and, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's made just, uh, oodles of money for these two sports stations. I don't know how sustainable it is, but it's mm-hmm. been sustained for quite a long time now. And, and then finally, Chad, as someone who covers the sports media and, and the personalities, are you ever caught between a rock and a hard place about not wanting to give certain hosts ink, but knowing that <laughs> your readership wants to read about them? Um, no, not really. You know, uh, it, it's, uh, there are times where, where a boss will be frustrated by something and say, I don't know why you write about them so much, but um, <laughs> it, it, they, they deserve to be written about. Uh, whether you like them or not, they're, uh, the, the, the sports radio stations in this market are hugely successful, and uh, I'd be remiss as a, as a beat writer and a media columnist if I didn't acknowledge that every once in a while. I have to I, I could write a sports radio column every week, and it would be in the, the top five most read stories immediately on our website because there's such a thirst for that in uh, in Boston and in, in the Boston sports media scene. And I think it shows a little restraint that I don't, but I never never resist writing about them if there's something really worthwhile to write about. Always appreciate everything you write. Chad, good talking to you. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Noah. I used to have sports radio on in my room as a kid in Philadelphia in the morning, on the way to school, and at night going to bed, and I can still hear my mom saying in the car on the way to elementary school, these people are disgusting. She wasn't totally wrong then, and after speaking with Chad and understanding the local airwaves in Boston, disgusting in various forms still sells. I hope that authenticity and balance went out, but maybe I'll be trying to flip to oldies 98 sooner than later. Let us know what gets you to tune in to a certain radio host, sports news, or otherwise, and we can continue that conversation on Twitter, at Noah Kozlov, or on my journalist Facebook page. You can follow Chad on Twitter, at GlobeChadFin, like his page on Facebook, and read all of his work in the Boston Globe. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The follow-up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.